0: Everybody. my name is
1: Steven my name is George George guess what what you have a guest yes we do I will gladly introduce today's guest one of the OG of the Fab Five and Bravo's Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and um, you might have seen him as a regular on Malibu Country with the one and only Reba McIntyre oh. <laughs> one of my friends please welcome the very fabulous jay rodriguez hi, hi. Uh, virtually <laughs> <laughs>
0: virtually in the, in the audio atmosphere how are you doing today
2: i'm doing well you know just uh, it's so interesting as as gig workers you have like untraditional hours so most of my friends are off on weekends i'm like oh no the work does not stop for us on weekends <laughs> it's yeah. every
0: day single day and we love it because yeah I guess this is what we love to do yeah that's right what we tell ourselves at least <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: like yeah all the sacrifices for something right Mm-hmm. and today we are reviewing season two episode five grin and barrett so jay what's your experience with ugly Betty in general
2: So it was interesting revisiting it so many years later because it was one of the shows that was on at the same time as Queer Eye because I remember watching it and Betty's character on a Thanksgiving episode oh, was yeah. racing through Manhattan and said that she got stuck with us
1: somewhere. Yes. Um, and yes. she yeah,
0: she the Queer Eye Float on the oh, Thanksgiving I, I,
2: episode. I, I, I
1: thought it was, I thought she could see it. She was like, oh, the Fab Five guys are on this float. Oh, they're oh, riding she, a
2: pilgrim. No, I remember that. Yeah. Yes. I think we were, I think we were annoying in some way. Like we held her up and she's like, God, those guys are so touchy or whatever she said. But uh, um, I actually thought that was going to be the episode you had me review. You, you know, watch. And so I watched it last night, so it'd be fresh in my mind. And my relationship with it, I realized it's grown. Obviously, this is pre iPhone. Um, this is very much flip phone. Uh, this was, you know, at a time where uh, trans women were not allowed to play themselves on television. Um, I thought it was interesting because as I started watching it and started seeing Rebecca Romaine, I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then, interestingly enough, I think shortly after that, they caught some heat for this character specifically having a cis woman play it. So then I think when Dirty Sexy Money came around just yeah. a couple of years after Betty, I think they were like, okay, we need to like, you know be more authentic with the uh, storytelling. But it was interesting to have a window in and, and kind of remember this stylized novella or soap opera style of acting where it's kind of comedically camp on purpose. So some things feel a little over the top And I also thought that the young girl who works, the blonde who works in the office at Mode reminded me a little bit of like early, um, of early incantations of like Alexis. I thought it was like a little bit in that kind of place. I was like, oh, that's that. It was just interesting to rewatch the show because I really haven't seen it in well over a decade. Hmm. So it was just like an interesting revisit. But I, I think one of the things that really actually started to hit me in the beginning was, how if you're talking about something directorially um, and you know rest his soul, Silvio, who created the show and brought it here mm-hmm. from um, from its Spanish speaking origins, it was interesting to me to see the kitchen and the kitchen was like they were in Havana or something, but they're in New York and I'm like the way it was lit and it was like this cute little like it looked like literally they were in and I was like I have never been in a kitchen like this, but you know when you're a certain ethnicity. It, it, they always um, stylize it a little bit, and then anytime time there had the scenes when in the kitchen there was like a little cha-cha playing, It was like, "Oh my god!" But it's soap opera. It's meant to be camp. Yeah. It's literally the whole the whole show is not based in realism. It's based in kind of this um, heightened, larger than life. That's why we like, yeah. That's why we liked it. You know, it's camp. It's fun. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I, I remember, like, I didn't watch Dirty Sexy Money, but I knew a transactions played her. Yeah. And it did look like a But, you know, I think what Rebecca
2: Romaine did set up for
0: Dirty Sexy Money, and wasn't that still on ABC? Yeah, that was on HBO. Yeah, I think because
2: yeah. what happened was uh, just to be, it, it would be literally like, you know, having um, actors play someone who's autistic and choose deliberately not to see anyone on the spectrum. Yeah. That's what that error was, yeah. as opposed to saying, well, we auditioned like 50 trans women and we ultimately went a different direction. They just weren't doing it back then. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the start of the kind of primetime conversation because I think that. As far as I can recall, and I'm honestly maybe I'm doing this incorrectly, but that was one of the first like series regular roles, one of probably a handful of series regular roles that was a trans person on like ABC. Cause I know that for sure FX did it with, um, with Nip Tuck, but early 2000s, it was like, people were still referencing trans folks and using derogatory terms. I mean, even Christian Siriano, who is always using a derogatory word for a trans person, you know, as like a fabulous word in that era. So it's just interesting to see how, how we've become more sensitive to each other.
0: Yeah. And I remember, I, I still, if I, I think this detail is great, like um, Cheetah Girls, the first movie, um, um, the the teacher, she was trans. She's, she's a trans actress and I didn't know. Oh. Yeah. I watched um, Disclosure, that documentary on Netflix and, it was like her. I did like no, she's not. I thought she was. You know, I did like
2: yeah. Like, I think it's I didn't. Cool. I didn't care. But I think. That, but that's yeah. I think we're getting to because I think now in 2021 we've had such great uh, exposure to uh, windows into the trans experience, whether it's Pose or whether it's you know Orange Is the New Black, and people are really just trying to get it right. And much like being gay, mm-hmm. we are all different shakes and types, and you know all different types. So it's it's always interesting when you have one person on the show because they can't embody the entire community right. they could just be themselves yeah. you know it's the same yeah. thing for queer it's like like oh it's a cliche I was like it's literally five people any five humans cannot you know personify the, the whole, entire oh. community yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah yeah so yeah
1: let's you know dive into that yeah dive in yeah. you guys um, guide me we had we had a, <laughs> we had a little uh, we had a little um Miss um we said the wrong episode name. This one's not Grin and bear Oh League of zone of Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, one's that, called uh this mine <laughs> was in the last episode,
0: but this is a League of um, <laughs> Yes, this is yeah. a League
1: of Their Own. Yeah. And uh as as Jay said beautifully, um, what I love about revisiting this show in 2021 is it there's so many references where you feel like you're watching a time capsule.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I didn't even I think what's interesting about that, George, I didn't expect to feel that way. Well, partially because like, I think it's hard to let go of things in the past and look at them as dated. Like, yeah. especially if they meant something to you, you know what I mean? And then you look back and you're like, yeah, she looks 16. Is she holding a flip phone? All of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm old. Oh my God, I'm old. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It, yeah, I was It's these small like, little reminders.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about yesterday, like I was talking to one of my coworkers, and like, these kids right now, they will never know what ALL is. Like how, like, how big that was, like that was, more dominant. That was
2: Google. it. And Yahoo. It's like
1: Instant Messenger. Oh like, God, what's, what's that? Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> and the sounds, the sounds of it will ever stay with you for the rest of your life. You remember what it sounded like, yeah, AOL. We're, we're, we're very old people, but
1: and um, and then I love um I love one of my favorite moments that was such a time capsule moment because obviously it was very topical at the time and mm. Betty definitely put hot topics in their show mm-hmm. was when they were looking at new mockups of what Mode magazine could become mm-hmm. and one of them was a tabloid option and then and then and then it's like um, oh my God where's Lindsay's mugshot
0: because that was fall
1: 2007 when that was happening you know quite a bit yeah and it's actually interesting because of the way we are
2: mindful of whether you look at the britney spears documentary framing britney spears like we're mindful now of how ordinary people who had levels of fame Got dragged, especially girls and yeah. um, women, more so than I think people will feel comfortable doing that to someone today. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Like you know,
0: I think the like the media in general, like just the media in general. Oh, it was Lindsay and Brittany and Janet,
1: Mariah and- Carey. Oh, Mar- I mean, there's yeah. like a of, there's a list of women. Jennifer Lopez. There's like a list of women who got heavily scrutinized by the press. Yeah, and- like.
0: And like in Taylor Swift, like they're just like especially as the young ones, they're just growing up. They're just growing up in the spotlight, you know. We, you know, like I'm kind of lucky that I didn't. Grow, I'm glad I didn't grow up in the spotlight. But you I'm know, lucky we didn't, didn't have
2: social media.
0: Yeah, like, like
2: we didn't have social media.
0: And they, they and they were so horrible. I, I was I'm, hor I'm hor horrid to think like if we had social media as strong as now back then and oh. all them dealing with us like
1: it would have been insanity. <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Somebody, had, somebody had recently said a meme where it's like, yeah, the American press owes these four women an apology. Yeah. It was Britney, mm-hmm. Maria, and just all the women that got heavily, and it brought up a, that, it's funny you mentioned the documentary because I watched it, loved every minute of it. <laughs> and um, one of the things it just reminds you of is like, wow, this country is very sexist towards women. And because you look at who runs a lot of the media, it's men, Mm-hmm. right so, i mean and then they they brought back earlier moments of like slight sexism like when britney was on star search as a little girl and ed mcmahon asked so do you have a boyfriend because that's what you asked to the little girl who's on the mm-hmm. who's on the show so just and then he's like what about
2: me and she was like
1: um you know what i mean like super awkward
2: yeah when it comes to like things like mode you know it was a fashion magazine and even i thought was interesting and helped me out with the character names but mm-hmm. the girl who works there and is sort of michael yuri's confidant not yeah. vanessa williams but the other oh, girl yeah. You know, yeah she was mentioning something and she was like or else you'll get you'll be fat or like so. and she just said this and i was like "Ooh, like i don't even know if we say that any like you know what i mean like yeah, you wouldn't like the- necessarily shame someone for their body because but, but in that era, and I mean, obviously still today, but we just had so many conversations. Mo was a fashion magazine and fashion used to only be one size fits all. Well, it didn't fit nobody, but <laughs> it was literally just, we only saw the same types of images. And I know George and I have gotten in conversations about this, about the same kind of images we see in specifically the gay community. Um, I'll speak for like the, the, the cisgender male gay community. We're always inundated with, you know, a perfection of an Instagram possibly filtered Photoshop body as if that is the only way to be attractive. And I think similarly, Mode, I think had had moments like that. I have to tell you, I was laughing out loud because of the absurdity of her measuring uh one of the models in just <laughs> like a box models, of brie Like uh, Christina. you're not gonna
1: like do anything to that box of brie Like it was <laughs> And then I love I love Christina how she's like, oh, they never catch on. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: I and they and I know in a future episode, like they're they're gonna talk about all that issue about like, you know you know, a, a standard side of beauty. That's like a few episodes from now, like later in the season, like later.
2: Do you know what's? I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but there was an interview that America Ferreira did and she was promoting the show. And obviously, you know, she's a she's a beautiful young lady and she happened to be in, I would say like light glam. She wasn't like trying to give you like, you know, Beyonce fan. She just looks beautiful. And she was like herself. And she was doing an interview and the guy was like, I can't remember who it was, it might've been Letterman or someone, but it was literally like, how do you make yourself look so ugly? And she was like, I put in braces and red glasses and they give me a wig. Like, you know what I mean? It was just very interesting because when you watch the show, one of the things I was really, really reminded of, of her brilliance, like she played this woman who was barely getting through life and everything was just always happening to her kind of effortless, effortlessly you know it just it, she really that's uh you know it's funny because you you see her now as a grown up and 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 she has a different way about her it's just uh it, you know shows the range she has as an actor
0: yeah and it's just like like and that's another thing like jay said Braces and glasses is ugly, and like the fashion like, in the it, fashion
1: industry standard that is considered quote unquote right. ugly, and and, right.
0: and I was cringing as well, like
2: when they were saying like all all like the fat shaming jokes, they were like oh my gosh. Oof. But he ended up, but you know what's interesting about that is I thought it was so interesting. First of all, a. I have a Michael Yuri story. So Michael Yuri, who plays Vanessa Williams assistant on the show, he and I go way back because Vanessa Williams was a long time Zana Don't fan, a musical I did for three months, and then it closed because I had to go do, because I couldn't do Queer Eye and that at the same time I tried for three months. And she came, I don't know, multiple times, brought her kid to like this, you know, off Broadway musical. And so when I came to LA, I saw her at a party and she's like, oh my God, you have to meet Michael. And I obviously knew the show um, and we became friends. Well, lo and behold, you know, short, small talk. I was like, oh, I'm looking for an agent and manager. He's like, I'm leaving my agent and my manager. Why don't we ju- why don't I just drop the, the bombshell? but be like, but you can have Jay Rodriguez. And that's what happened. Um, oh, wow. so talk about the- Yeah. So talk about people in the industry who really help each other, especially at the height of his you know, um, fame on that show. And even watching it back, you see the subtle nuance of how brilliant he is um, when he's a storyteller. But what I really loved was that, you know, he didn't go on the date with the underwear model, that he chose the guy who, and even it wasn't just aesthetics. To me, you could see there was a clear connection between the two of them. And I always say, you you know, you you may forget what
1: someone was wearing, but you'll never forget how they made
2: made you feel Mm -hmm. when they were around, you know? So I liked them together.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I loved. Um, you know, I loved, I loved the introduction of this character because it was finally Ugly Betty's chance to show. As as you and I were talking about earlier, the how there's a broad, wide spectrum of gay. It's not a there's many we we come in all shapes and sizes. It's not a one mm-hmm. size fits all in the gay community either. So right. I love, I love that they had a I love that they had the non stereotypical. You
2: know yeah yeah I actually think that Michael Yuri is kind of like the it's depending on who you ask because he would be kind of the more dorky fashionista. You know. Uh, you know, wearing probably what he normally wears to a gay bar. Um, whereas in that era, it was very just still the Abercrombie body at the bars with the, you know, showing off the muscles. And I'm not, that wasn't necessarily Michael Yuri either. So it was interesting that, you know, someone who like Michael's character might've been shamed by the gay community that he would choose to shame someone else in the... and so it was a kind of a beautiful reckoning moment for a very strong character uh, that Michael plays to have um I thought it was a kind of a nice moment for him to have a, a real connection because he's always flotting around and, and so busy and it was just so grounded and I was like yeah. this is so cute yeah you like know.
0: like there's you know there's a lot of you know body shaming in the gay community trust I you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm as a other boy from Houston and like those gay bars are Mm. When when they were still open back in the day, like back in it's <laughs> back in the freedom. old world,
1: yeah, back, <laughs> back in the, the old world, back in the back in the good old days. What it feels like now, <laughs> we're not even a full year into this, and it's I been. I mean, next month is our one year anniversary of this kind of life. What
2: does one wear for a one year anniversary of the pandemic? I mean, it's just, <laughs> gosh,
1: we'll, we'll we'll get through.
0: I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I I want it to end soon. But, you know...
1: It will. It it just, will. I, I, feel, I feel like the light is there at the end of the tunnel, but the problem is we're just all now as a society in really, really slow motion. Yeah. We all yeah. want to run to it, but it's just slow motion. But, it, mm-hmm. like, if
0: everyone had their act together and treated it seriously when we first had it, it would have been... I don't want to say gone because diseases are never gone. Like, but, you know, it would have been like, okay, we can like, we can hang out with everybody again like
2: yeah i think it would have been more manageable we would have been able to get ahead of it and i think it's sad because you know i think one of the trickiest things is going to be going back out and being excited to see everyone and looking for those few that are no longer there yeah whatever happened so and so and having to hear oh you didn't hear yeah they died like that's real now it's tangible i know people in the community who when we go back out are not going to be there places that i know who I'm like, I know every time I go to that spot, I'm going to see so-and-so, and they're just not there anymore. And it's, I think one of the hard, the, the lessons in empathy um, are, are are harder, I think, when people are in isolation, um, mm-hmm. because you don't get to see the devastation unless you turn on the TV or, and they show like a hospital or you know someone. And I think this is the one time we've all been in somewhat of a similar situation and and how everyone chose to act is going to be really telling because a lot of people had a lot of opinions on social media um but you know it's um it's gonna be interesting to be back with folks and have to yeah. deal with all that sorry i keep taking you so far away from us no, no, no. Okay. That, like,
1: that's and, what we like about having guests we love having just the conversations flow
0: and i w- like i've been thinking t- to myself when i told a couple friends here and there, like this kind of reminds me like this is like a, a small cast and we're like what the gay community had to face with AIDS back in like the 80s. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Like everyone was dying there with the disease that was Im- invisible and it was like, you know.
1: A slow government yeah, response, I mean, if I mean, any I mean, at all. It took forever. An administration that refused to address it. Yeah, and it, it was just like, it
0: was, it's like, it made me think like, this is like, you know, this is basically like angels of America on steroids.
2: Yeah, then, it's you know, also too like, the hard thing was that we knew, we kind of had enough information at least by last summer to protect ourselves and others. And people still chose to do things a different way, or in my opinion, kind of, you know, make decisions that were selfish. Um, and, and that was really kind of hard for me because I didn't, you know, I've been, I've been an angel. I've been left the house only for work things in which I was tested to work on set and I had to be completely masked up and I was very cautious and I also have a roommate. So all my actions are gonna bleed over into the health of our household and I just I I couldn't do that you know and I think um, it's it's tricky because I know a lot of people who did and I don't see them the same way I'm gonna be honest I don't I like it's hard for me to like not forgive but just I'm mindful of like wow when push comes to shove and you have the opportunity to care for your neighbor you chose not to but all right
1: and then there was that moment from you know for our community where a, a bunch of us probably went like this. Oh god no yeah. the Mexico stuff, like all the all the yeah. do the pool party in Mexico and you're like Yeah, oh, like it was just like why? That's that's what I was
0: when I saw that I was like wait, wait, am I am I seeing still what but- Am I still in a pandemic? Are you, are you guys in a well,
2: pandemic? Well, that's the other, I don't know if you've been seeing that too, but also a lot of the footage of um, of, of events in Atlanta, South Florida, um, kind of big maskless events. And I feel bad because a lot of the gig workers who are drag queens, whatever, who've run through unemployment and have no other social income are being hired and they're fine, they're safe on some platform, but they can't be responsible for the people there. And then even in that state, the leadership is bad. So. People are kind of like doing what they want to do, and the- and I'm not there. I mean, I've got because now everything's casting, uh, or or you know, Palm Springs just announced their pride for this fall, which is the first week of December. So Joe Biden did say by Christmas some sense of normality will feel again, um, but you know, I think people are going to have events this summer when the weather's cute. and mm-hmm. uh, we may go- have some issues that people ain't vaccinated and stuff, you know. Yeah, so like,
0: I'm like, I don't think. I I won't be safe going to a pride like until like maybe two years from now, mm. like you know, because you know I'm already having anxiety around people in general. But now, the, I mean that's
2: why I'm so it feels so like uh, definitely know my privilege of hosting prides because I get to be backstage. Right. I think I too the big crowd thing. I mean George will tell you usually when we uh, run into each other we find a little space to talk. I'm not the one who likes to be in the in the crowd, I definitely have a bit of a social anxiety when it comes to spaces that are this, yeah. in my opinion, too many people. And I know that that's literally the goal, like a successful event for whoever's throwing it, is to pack it. But for me,
1: I'm like, I rather. Yeah. I feel bad. Like, so he finds the one person on the spectrum, and it's like, hey, let's go over here and let's have a nice private chat. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I am with everybody. Like, I, people know not to get cornered with me because I'll just talk their ear off. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I love going back to watch this episode, speaking of the time capsule, because I feel like, okay, we got to, we got to go back to the world before Tinder with Betty's internet dating. Mm. Oh my God. The little chat box that kept on coming up and the panic she
2: felt when she incorrectly typed something. <laughs> that was hilarious.
1: And I love it. I love that Christina just as up well, because you typed blowing. <laughs>
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) also wait a minute i was also confused not confused i also was like i I don't know if anyone maybe gave betty this perspective but um he cheated on her and this is the ex-boyfriend and got someone else pregnant but he didn't want to be with that girl right
1: Mm -hmm. he didn't want to So, But
2: she was unwilling to move forward. I wish there was one voice on the show that was like, the dude made a mistake and you guys should work through it in some way if you think you can. Because I was sitting there like, I don't know, man. He seems like he's moving heaven and earth and seems super apologetic and, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Like, I think where I'm at in life, like, I feel like cheating is a symptom of a much larger issue in the dynamic, but um, not always a deal breaker. I mean, it probably would be, I can't, I haven't, listened at this point I'm a virgin again, so I can't even speak to relational advice, but I I was thinking in that moment that she was so set on it, even though the magic was there for them every single step of the way, you couldn't, they had so many like, oh my God, what are the chances moments? Um, And then that, I don't know if I've ever had that happen to me, but if it did, I'd like to believe, well, maybe there's something here. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and it is like, you know, hiding, like, And they're trying, I mean, they're trying everything to get through it. They agree to be friends, but then they keep ending up in the worst awkward situations, like what happened with them at the restaurant.
0: And then in the bowling alley, like
1: (laughs) the bowling alley, yeah, couples night. I mean, let me tell you something. I knew it. I knew,
2: I knew, I knew when she, when she's, when he said, Oh, you look different in your picture, whatever. And he, and she was like, Yeah, it was like the best one. And I was like, Oh no, here it comes here it comes he's gonna he's gonna ghost her
0: yeah
1: and that's what ghosting was yeah. before tinder was a thing yeah you I, just God. you just ditch somebody on the date right there you excuse yourself to the bathroom and you just leave mm. people did that even even kelly clarkson admitted that on an interview that she did that um because she couldn't she was he was too self-deprecating the entire date about his height because he was shorter than her. And Kelly went to the bathroom and was like, no, you're gonna put on your big girl panties and you're gonna get out there and you're gonna finish this. But then she just chickened out and she left. And then when- Oh my
2: whole, gosh.
1: And then when the whole audience went, oh, and she was like, I know I'm going straight to hell. I'm fully aware. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like, but hey, and next, but hey, a decade later, I had a terrible date and I stuck it out with wine. Mm. <laughs> So, um, and then um, just the other thing was uh, the main word I got, because I always think of like a one word association lately when I watch these is um, the word I kept thinking of was confrontation. Mm. Because Mm. if you do not, because the reason why I kept thinking of confrontation was if you do not confront something, it's just going to keep coming after you. And that's Mm. what kept happening to Betty and Henry. Mm. They would not. Yeah. Keep, they were refusing to confront the elephant in the room. So of course, they're going to keep running into each other. Yeah, they're the universe keep... will
0: always like make it, it happen and come up until you address it. And you know. Yeah, I thought also.
2: Hmm? Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they kept avoiding the what I thought was the obvious right, and in the spirit of kind of uh, keeping pleasantries in front of each other, a part of me wanted. Um, Betty to have you know that Puerto Rican moment I don't know if the, the family's background is but to have that moment where she could be like you know what I'm taking these glasses off read them to Phil. like if you want to get that out of your system be like okay kind of just like I've been so upset and bottled up and I'm going to say some hurtful things but like I actually genuinely care about you are you big enough to just sit here and take it real quick so I can get it out of my chest and I wanted her to have that because I felt like there was such deep resentment but then she as like you know, we want people to think we are a good person, you know, she kept trying to be pleasant and like, let's do the right thing. Well, the right thing should be the right thing for you, not we'll work with somebody else. And it seemed like they kept avoiding the confrontation or the talk or the elephant. And it would have actually been much more intimacy building if they just let it out. The ugly, the bad, not necessarily like, you know, I think we get so scared of hurting someone's feelings, but I think truth is a really great, um, tool to bring people closer.
1: Mm -hmm. Sometimes hard to hear, but you know. And, um, see um great work from the family in this episode i felt like the last couple of episodes we've been watching were very mode focused and very Mm. betty focused Mm -hmm. so it was great to see the family great work for anna ortiz in this episode yes and then ignacio got to get some great moments i think my favorite joke was so shall i make you and the golden girls some snack
0: Mm. (laughs) yeah yes it is this
1: summer Golden Girls, wow. Disney Plus. I mean, it is a Buena Vista Touchstone property. Yeah, so, so.
0: wow, all, I own all the series on DVD. So I really, don't I've been, care. I've been
1: going through it on Hulu. I just got to season five. I'm binging it from start to finish for the first time. I
2: literally, I'm the same way. I play it at least a couple times a week. It's just part of. I was wondering why that was, and I saw a recent article actually at the beginning of the pandemic about why we watch shows we've seen a million times, and it said because it removes the element of anxiety. You yes. know how it's going to end. It's comforting. It's a familiar friend, mm. and um, and so a lot of you know, I, I I have to I think about the times in my life where I'm anxious, especially when I travel for work and stuff. And you know, if I know I'm going to be around a lot of people, I will like as I'm getting ready, I'll bring my iPad and I'll have the Golden Girls on. Something about the familiarity of it kind of just settles me and makes me feel a little more grounded. And it's it's bizarre, but I know I'm not alone in it.
0: Yeah, I I do that with um um shameless and and doctor who and buffy mm-hmm. like i seen buffy like mm-hmm. like five six times mm-hmm. it's still like <laughs> like recent drama right now aside george right aside it's right. still one i think it's still one of the best shows i've ever been on a TV. lot of
1: fans came out and said you can still love buffy and hate joss whedon they're yeah. not they're not mm-hmm. mutually you know so um Mine was uh, mine turned out to be a little gem from MTV from the '90s called Daria. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I was watching that on a loop throughout 2020, even though I had seen wow. it a million times. I just found Daria and Morgendorfer very comforting. And my- Yeah. got to the point where my roommate, every time he would (laughs) go out of his room to go to the kitchen back door, he would just start singing along the la, 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 la. La, la, (laughs) seen i never
0: I never seen Daria. That
1: was my endless show when it came to something I just wanted to watch over and over again because it was comfort. Yeah, I
0: remember texting me, oh, I'm watching Daria, like, (laughs) God, again. Yes. can you watch
2: something else? I,
1: I I mean, my big dream is to, once I get a production company someday, I want to produce the live action version of that.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I, she certainly has, um, I mean, an embedded audience. Daria was, I think there's so many people who kind of saw themselves reflected in Daria. Um, it was the first of its kind, the kind of tone of that show and the vibe of it. Although kind of like... <laughs> Little ugly Betty-ish. She's got glasses and a and black bob, and I don't know. That's so maybe where the
1: was. Daria made fun of everything that MTV eventually evolved to as a network. Mm-hmm. Daria. Yes. Made... Daria made fun of vapid, shallow people, and what did the <laughs> network become filled with eventually? Shows like Laguna Beach and The Hills. Mm-hmm. And it, it it made fun of everything that MTV eventually became. Right. <laughs> so and so and um obviously as an actor, I'd want to I'd want to attach myself as a producer to play the role of Mr. O'Neill, mm-hmm. who is the mm-hmm. sensitive, soft-spoken English teacher. Yeah. So great.
0: Well, well, well you i believe in you kid
1: (laughs) they are saying we're gonna run out of time so we might have to like log we might have to like get you back in because okay so if if you lose us just come back in got it you got it (laughs) yeah steven got a little worried here so i was like that's okay we'll we'll fix this part in post
0: yeah like i will fix it in post (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: and um so yeah great great b b storyline there is this uh, Claire's final appearance on the show for a while, Judith Light? No, because I know she goes in and out. So. No, she.
0: T- this is um. This is a league of her own. And the, the next, um, she, I know she'll she'll be a, a main part in the next few episodes. I don't. I don't remember. I haven't. I haven't seen these episodes in a
1: while. I haven't watched them since twenty fifteen. I know. I know. So it's like watching them all <laughs> like, over
0: again. There's the wedding part that's coming up. Is she's going to be very involved in that? No, no. Wait.
1: This. She's gonna be in. So this is not Judith Swan's Swan Song then for a while. No,
0: okay. she's gonna she's have, gonna have a major part in not this episode,
1: not that episode. That the I think episode eight. Mm-hmm. I think it's episode eight. But she had an incredible arc in this episode because she went there obviously with the full intent to make herself seen. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. through the window, through the window, she just had a reckoning, and she was just like, "Hey, the woman who." The woman who destroyed my life was able to do what I couldn't do. She brought my family. That's
2: interesting on so many levels because you never know what packaging the blessing you asked for is gonna come in. Mm -hmm. And And if your real desire is for your family to be happy, I thought it was so mature of her to realize that they already are. I'm sure there's parts of them that miss her. My grander question is, because I watched the show out of context, I don't remember, is that her lesbian lover or are they no, just that's buddies? Her, um, that's her, um, the person she escaped prison with. Okay.
0: Uh, um, I love Lorraine Tassat. Uh,
2: oh, Lorraine Tassat. And by the way, Lorraine Tissot, you know, looking snatched, looking fit, you know, she's serving you look. And yeah. I thought it was so interesting because I hadn't seen much of the backstory and I was like, are they like a thing? And I completely, that went over my head back then, but. Oh, yeah.
0: like. I, yeah, I love her. I loved her in um, season two of um, Orange and New Black. She was like...
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, she was amazing in that. Yeah, that was another familiar Just, face in this, too. Uh, I got really excited when I saw this because, um, Jay, did you watch Scandal? Yes. The vice president was in this episode as the cop.
2: Huh? <laughs> Yes, she Vice, was. And Vice she was President like, Susan Ross. That's where she She's was. The- she was like, you gotta, gotta keep an eye on the kid. But um, yeah, I thought I couldn't
1: remember where she was from. She was the Madam Vice President in Scandal. <laughs> she was so fantastic in that. She was. So it goes to show you, as actors, hey, that was a co-star, and look where she was several years later.
0: Yeah, that's Agreed. the same thing that happened with. Um, in season one, it was Octavia Spencer had an arc, like a small arc, right? Like a few years before she did the help and like yep. blew up and we came Octavia.
2: And and it's I'm so like, fascinating when, and to speak to, you know, George, you said you want to do this Daria thing. You know, that, uh, the help thing was literally written by Octavia's actual friend. And he was like, I want you to do this. And, you know, when you are, I mean, yes, it's people know, you know, it's like who you know, whatever, but it's also, I respect your talent and I'm not in a position right now to give you a job. And then when they are, the fact that they remembered her um, and elevated her just goes back to your point. You really never know. The phone could ring tomorrow and somebody like, oh my God, George, uh, sorry, I just got this new job. And there is this part, and we would love to offer those things happen, mm-hmm. especially the longer you're in the um, business.
0: Yeah. And like you network and just be a great human being and actually right. have talent to back up, you know. That's right. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah that's always, yeah, because,
1: that's yeah. what started this podcast, because yeah. Stephen and I did a play together, 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, he yeah, wrote, um, he was Barfay, I was Coney Bear, and then, love it, oh, that's how this whole thing came yeah. to be,
0: yeah, and, uh. and then, like, yeah, he, you know, I said, like, I'll do it with you, I did, like, Okay! Yay!
2: And what it- was the input? Impetus- Why Ugly Betty? Did you guys just bond over that show? Or-
1: yeah, yeah. Like it was one show that we both talked about how much we loved.
0: And then, like right before, like he we went to go. He went to go buy a toilet paper because I was on his side. Of town right before everything started to shut down and they're like i said i would love to do a podcast maybe about ugly betty i missed that show that's such a good show yeah 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 yeah, we can do that and you're like wait you're serious i was just bullshitting
1: (laughs) why don't we call it the ugly betty like i'd be like
0: oh god
2: i'm gonna have to do this
0: (laughs) and where were we like a minute
2: ago (laughs) i think you were no i think you i think you had completed a thought so if you want to move on to something else you're you talked about creating the podcast, but you finished your your thought. So yeah,
0: my thought is over now. Where where we're, were
2: we in the episode? Yeah, that's we were right. oh okay. I think we were talking about Judith Light's character and yeah, how Judith. she had this great arc. And when you talk about Judith Light, especially in this era, she had just come off. I mean, a couple of years prior, she would just come off of doing Wit on on, on or Off Broadway. I think, Opera, I think right. it was, it was on yeah, it was and she'd action. shaved her head. I've
0: been dying I want I want to see that cuz like I'm obsessed with that play cuz you know it's, it's
2: wit and like you know it was the it was a TV movie TV movie it was a So TV. it was yeah it was a play and then I think um what's her face Emma, uh, oh Emma god Thompson We're, played it played Emma Thompson played it and I think and Judith Light would be uh, riding the subway in New York with a little skull cap on, just bald as hell. And I remember seeing her on the subway all the time and doing her show at the, I think it was at the Public or I can't remember what theater was at, but you know, actors do that. They take these smaller jobs, like an off Broadway play where you are not making that much money. There just isn't the money. And you do it to propel your art forward and to be seen. And Judith Light is one of those people who consistently always works. She may not be on the, you know, on the scandal style show or whatever you know the the biggest show that is at that moment but she'll find her way in there at some point like yeah, you know what I mean like, like,
1: like oh her work in uh, American crime story was fabulous and season amazing marilyn miglin oh my god i mean if i would ever i'm
2: curious and i hate to be petty but like i'm kind of curious about what her quote is like i'm curious if you book her as a guest star how much is she overscale? Because I get so curious as actors have uh, so much seasoning and so many credits, um, you know, they cause you know how they kind of credit people differently. Sometimes it'll say special guest star. Someone's like really big where they just won some award. And I'm always curious about the money part because I think I live in a world where like, I usually make scale and or maybe slightly more but not like to that level and it's just fascinating to wrap your brain around the idea that this diligence that people have in this industry where they're persevering even when things are tricky and tough that one day in my mind you can one day be rewarded and you could get three episodes on something but you so old and you have so many credits that you could buy a house with those three episodes like in my in my fantasy
1: mind you know that's right <laughs> it's kind of how it she won works. she won the emmy for her portrayal in american crime story because she was wow of course she should yeah, yeah. for yeah. miniseries because she was oh i mean as an actor i would just want to ask her if i ever got the chance how she i wonder in her mind how she was playing it because because obviously her husband was killed by versace's murderer mm-hmm. and i would ask her in your mind, did you play it like you knew about your husband or you didn't know about your Mm. husband?
2: Ooh. Because they always say the
1: wife always knows. Yeah. Yeah, and also back in that day, and especially from that time, it was very common for women to happily marry a gay man. And they had the rule, which was, hey, just as long as it's no other women, I will accept that. Mm, yeah. That was very common back in that time. So yeah.
2: which also sounds like I mean it's as sad and depressing as it sounds for people not be able to live their truth. Yes. But then but the Gianni Versace lifestyle, I'm like, damn, that was the I mean, there was a lot of crappy things that happened to you know, whatever. But also, like, I don't think I've ever been balling like that. So, like, it's hard for me to imagine, like, throwing pool parties and all the, you know, speedo-clad models and and all the riches and the glory that was going along with this untraditional, this untraditional marriage. Um, also, what's interesting about last night was, uh, sorry, going back to Betty, was seeing Vanessa Williams, um, another strong actor who's been around the block who also to the early when we started this conversation about women who got dragged through the mud yeah. she had taken you know professional topless pictures when she was in college and someone used that to strip her of her title. Meanwhile, these days you probably show that stuff on Instagram and get you know millions of sponsors. It's well, just a very interesting thing. Um, I mean, she, you know, I think really rehabs well, that's her why. career. Well,
1: that's why I love and admire Vanessa Williams so much is because you want to talk about somebody who survived cancel culture mm-hmm. yeah, that's an immediate name that comes to me of somebody who survived cancel culture, where the Miss America people had to even come back to her years later and apologize and say, yeah, because if you other yeah, than if you other, think about, that- other than Gretchen Carlson, I can't think of another successful like Miss America that you know she's done so much with that title of Miss America. That's
2: what I gotta say when we talk about these things I, I I do watch shows like Ugly Betty and think oh my gosh Vanessa Williams was a Miss America a Broadway star as a recording art, artist con- continually working um, but that's why it's also conversely hard for me to watch things like American Idol because I'm like we never gonna see them again. We never gonna see them again. Like you know, it's like like it's, like the it's first so five seasons
0: or so, like six, seven. I don't I don't remember. Like when it just started popping, those like people. Fantasia became a star. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Um, not Ruben. I don't know where Ruben is right now.
1: But um, even Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson did, who didn't win, and she became an Oscar winner. Yeah. So.
2: Adam Lambert didn't win.
1: Carrie uh, Carrie Underwood and Kelly are like the two biggest winners. Yeah. And then you know, but now these days, I mean, I don't watch it anymore. But I'm like, it's it, it's not the star I think maker like, anymore. that right, right.
0: It helps like with the voice and American Idol, and I forgot the other one. X Factor. X Factor. Like, I think it does. It does help. I think it does help. I think the X Factor is bit better in the UK because it was more of a UK thing, yep. and it helped like give us some. Um,
1: um, Leona Lewis and, and um, um, One um, Direction and Fifth Harmony. Fifth Harmony. Oh, well, no. Fifth Harmony was America. Little Mix was UK. Right, right. right. Oh, it was American okay. X Factor. Little Mix. <laughs> Fifth Harmony was the only successful thing to come out of the American X Factor, which only lasted three seasons. Mm-hmm.
2: And I got you know I always think back to when I first came to Los Angeles, and I was here on a singing show on Fox, and, and I was friends with Sada Ramirez, who had just started doing Grey's Anatomy just had finished playing oh. the woman of the lake in um, Spamalot. I, I and I was sort of in that little Broadway, LA TV circle at different events, but always invited as Sarah's guest. I was not fancy enough to get my own invite to these big events and stuff. And she'd always bring me as her guest. And it was fascinating how many theater actors who transition to television, like Judith Light, like Vanessa Williams, yes. find each other and have a special bond because you know you're from that same yeah, level yeah. of discipline.
0: Yeah, because like the theater community, like, you know, we who've been trained in the theater, like I graduated with a theater degree and I don't, I,
1: I assume. He was can, on Broadway. Broadway. Yeah, you did. Yeah.
0: play he Angel. was on rent yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i was just like i, I was just like wait i know what was it again <laughs> actually like,
2: 25th you know, anniversary like- 25th anniversary of the show is coming up uh in march and there's a big gala that new york theater workshop is throwing like a virtual one and they interviewed a whole bunch of different people including myself but yeah the, the broadway thing and i feel so bad because i haven't lived in new york in so long that i'm not really in the mix but you know i'll always have my my half a decade in rent and then you know, creating the role of Xana and Xana Junt, which is still done everywhere. Although, unfortunately, I just released a single and the funny thing is, when I tried to like see if I had anything on iTunes, I did Hair with Jennifer Hudson, so that's on there. And of course the song song they gave me, they gave me Sodomy. So if you look up my name, Yeah, you, yeah see, oh, you did the actor's recording of it. Yes, that's right. Oh, and you that. see, if you look up what you want to see, if, oh, what does Jane have, have online? It's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It's All of Xana Don't, Sodomy, and Now My Single. And it's just funny because I was like, what? Well, I mean, that's my life. <laughs> but yeah, the actor's fun. I, li- I love listening to the actor's
0: fun recording of here. I think that one and the revival that happened in 2009. that
2: w- mm, w- Yeah.
0: That, not that it gets original, but it's like, yeah. those are like the best sounding ones to my ears. I actually, oh,
2: by the way, speaking of theater, and speaking of theater people, Michael Yuri later went on to do and Seller, which I also did here in Los Angeles. I mean, he's just a phenomenal stage actor. And so sometimes people would say, oh, stage actors, you have to really you know, curb their, they're too big for camera. And I don't find no, that- No, 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 because at all.
0: I think because we can control our
2: energy and what our presence like,
0: we can like lower it and raise it to what we need because we know how to, because we have that training, we know how to be hiding and how to yeah. be like, you know, have a soft moment. Speaking of buyer seller, I have a copy of that play. That's one of my dream plays. And I like, oh. like when I'm, whenever, like whenever someone needs to give me a production, Gets the production ready. Like I'm ready to do that.
1: That was the first thing Jay and I talked about when we met in 2018. Yeah. It was at a it was at an event uh, that my journalist uh, friend Joseph Finity, was putting together. Oh, and man. um, mm-hmm. yep, and yeah. um. Jay was there and we were talking because Jay and I actually did the same Fringe Festival because he did his uh, Buyer and Seller at um, 2017 North Hollywood (laughs) Fringe Festival. And then I was doing my one-man show, Magic 8-Ball, there. So, yeah, that that was the first thing we talked about when we met.
2: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) which, by the way, that is what people don't know when they saw they just saw Gary Marshall's name attached, whatever. I was like, just so y'all know, I was making like $43 a show. So, and I think that was even a lot because I didn't have any other cast members. Like, it's not a glamorous thing that you do. You do it for the art and my career literally changed after that show because I got great write-ups and people were like, oh. And literally Chandra Wilson, who plays Dr. Bailey- I love her. On Grey's was driving past the theater saw Jay Rodriguez starring in, went to work, was looking through auditions of, that had been submitted to her from casting for a role on Grey's Anatomy that day. And she saw my name that morning and she was like, and she had done $25,000 Pyramid with me years ago when I was on Malibu Country on, as a celebrity on there. And she was like, wow, this is meant to be, but I never would have gotten that moment. I never would have gotten with my my agency that I'm with now, had I not made the sacrifice. Now, let me be honest, making $43 a performance for five shows a week for three months is not something I was financially prepared to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was really hard to make ends meet and stuff, but the flip side is it looks so shiny to other people. You know, it looks like, oh, they got something going on. Mm-hmm. And I guess in some ways it did, but the commerce was, the investment in my future and it's it's hard it's a it's a hard balance in this industry it's like yeah. so it's when i see people like michael yuri on television um like the barrett foes of this world all these other people who started on stage um and make comedies or even dramas work on television it's
1: you know just kind of dispels
2: that old rumor that you know stage actors are too broad for a camera
1: well because we already know how to you know we already know how to you know really let it out when we're on stage so because we already have the capability to use our entire body to fully let let a moment out we know how to Mm -hmm. reel it in yeah and there's that um, to bring it in for the camera we know how to reel it in because we don't go out to the audience you let the camera come into us yeah like there's that
0: saying that like people who could you people could go from stage screen but people can't go usually can't go to screen to stage like not saying they can't
2: I mean, I agree with you though, because I've definitely done a bunch of award shows with movie actors where I was the presenter with them and they were so profoundly nervous. There's a teleprompter, we have rehearsal, and they're sweating. They're like, I don't do this live thing. And I was like, This is just an award show. God, I mean, you know, this ain't even eight shows a week yet, boo boo. Like, I'm actually, yeah. and I always get hired too, because I'm like a good. I can set up someone and support them if they start to fumble like I'm good on the fly like that um, but it's just it's fantastic it's it's really very um, unifying when you see like wow this person's super famous for being an actor but in this space they feel wildly out of their element which actually kind of relaxed me because I was like oh my god I got you we're fine you know <laughs> yeah
0: like I have like I even though I'm an actor i you know did like you know some days on stage, like I have swarple stage where right? like when I was doing um, spelling me like I did like and then like people gave me these reviews like oh my god you were so good I'm like okay thank you All right I guess. I, I...
2: I think it's part of like do you, you know going back to Ugly Betty I think so many of them had to put on well, I think the costuming was brilliant on on this uh, series. So I think something about like putting it on, like Michael Urie, you know, was always in the vest kind of look, which I always remember, very dandy, very, um, you know, almost UK in in his aesthetic. And Vanessa Williams, you know, such, but it was like, sometimes it's as simple as when you're on stage, like, you know, one of the easiest things was, you know, when I was in Rent, when I'm me as a guy it's not it was just you know fine but all of a sudden when I became angel she came to life because it was just like you you couldn't your body was different you're snatched you got a tight little situation you're wearing a skirt you're in heels you're suddenly your posture is just different because Mm. of what you're being forced to wear and those things um weren't a crutch but they actually were like interesting tools to help shape the character and I wonder if on Ugly Betty You know like if that if like america's wig or if like her red glasses or every time she put in the teeth if it just kind of came to her you know this kind
1: of um well that's the that's the kind of acting i prefer to do i um i'm like an outside in kind of actor i have to start from the outside with my costume and then work my way into my character Mm -hmm. so i i definitely prefer that i feel like i feel like once the costume is on i can become the character yeah. I mean, it, it just fall right into it because I have the costume and the costume is like that's like my anchor to you know get into the character and to and to lead the way yeah I'm,
0: I'm more like kind of methodish I like I like I do all this research and like emotional work and all that stuff and then like the costume helps as well I just you know I'm I need the full package and then like like I'm I'm a, I'm a all everything I need everything yeah and need like a good a couple of weeks, and then let me sit down with the script. Let me do what I need to do, and then I'll give you a performance.
1: Work. And then, my, <laughs> and then my and then my favorite thing to do, I I did a movie for a couple of weeks, and I would always I was the only actor that did this. I would always go and back into the hair and makeup trailer and just ask if they could you know wash the makeup off, just because that was like my way of putting the character down for the night. Mm-hmm. That way I could just go home and get a nice rest before I get get up today to do the same exact thing the next day. So that was like, that was my way of like putting the character down that way I could go home.
2: Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, I had to do a couple of shows where they definitely offered and I was like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, 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 come on in uh, to take the makeup off for you. And I was like, this is cute. Um, because, you know, some mm-hmm. shows would uh, change my hairline with makeup, like maybe fill in the, the sort of widow's peak or I'm like receding a little bit there. So they'd spray stuff in or even characters that, um you know we're drag characters or whatever and 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 you're right it's something about like taking that hat off and just you know and giving yourself just as a human a break Mm -hmm. you know to disconnect and be you and if that character was heavy or there were things about that character that you know don't serve you in your real life um being able to just rest it somewhere for a moment before you have to pick it back up again Mm
0: -hmm. and then like you know de-stressing like you know think about like when you said that like what Heath Ledger had to go through and like and then what Daniel Day-Lewis when when you know he was acting not not now obviously because he retired unfortunately
2: could come out of retirement though hopefully i want to be in that <laughs> to movie. produce daria and Byron seller for the both of you look at that
1: boom yeah nice him
2: <laughs> <gun>. yeah <laughs> oh
1: daniel day lewis would make an awesome mr d martino so I, I i'm already i'm already kind of starting to cast the movie in the back of my head gotta where, put it out there who yeah. would i want so yeah. he would make an awesome mr d martino <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I i agree with you i guess i will i have to see it to believe it i have seen see <laughs> I, but and, been-
1: in a show in a show that dealt with in a show that had jade, jaded '90s cynicism, <laughs> after after everything we were going through last year with the previous leader, we had mm. that '90s cynicism was like therapy for me. Yeah,
2: I, hear <laughs> I hear you. I hear you.
0: I want to go talk about Betty's date because I don't. Yeah, talk about that part yet. I'll just show episode yet
1: yes I mean the whole I felt like that whole part of the episode was painfully awkward whether it was the date or the dinner with um with um Henry afterwards yeah. everything was just painfully awkward
0: yeah we did talk about the date. Well, because yeah that, that was
1: on a yeah yeah just about how that was and um she was still staying and trying to have the time of her life bowling mm. She'll always try to find the positivity there no matter what. And that's what I love about Betty. Yeah.
0: yeah and the show just encourages, like, even though, like, life has everything on you, everything is working against you, you can move forward through positivity, you know? It's like, you know...
1: And, and, this, and this episode, I felt, had a wonderful bow that that really wrapped up the episode, which was... Because after we... after. After Claire can emotionally say goodbye, Judith Light's character, she can emotionally say goodbye. Then it goes back to um, Hilda and Justin.
0: Yeah. And, then- and,
1: and just because obviously, just to catch you up on the context of the show, Justin's character, uh, his father died. And so he, he was grieving in his own way by trying to be his father.
2: Mm, that's was, right
1: right he was trying to be who his father was he was trying to i was be- about to say
2: last time i saw this kid he was a tap dancing and a singing in <laughs> the subway and all of a sudden i saw this i was like did he drink some straight juice what happened
1: <laughs> <laughs> so and then after after that hilda finally confronts him yeah. and says i feel distance and you're we're all we have left now we got to come back together
2: mm. yeah i think as someone who definitely grew up with an only know, parent, um, you know, Hilda's character kind of reminds me a bit of my younger mother. Um, you know, not so much when I was in my teens, but definitely, uh, preteen and that whole vibe of having to find that kind of, you know, mama bear strength in the face of doing things in a new way and raising a young man, it's, it's not easy. Um, and on far all too common with, uh, the amount of absentee fathers who are good, they're there for a good time. And then Leave when the when the kid is whatever. In this instance, sadly, he passed. But what I thought was so beautiful was I never, I never gave it as much um, thought. But you know, this would have been a great role for me as a thirteen-year-old. You know, to have played. There just weren't any, and I know that so many kids who happen to be queer or gender nonconforming or LGBTQ plus under the umbrella saw this kid because very unapologetically gay I'm imagining this actor is actually gay in real life Mm -hmm. um it was just I I had forgotten how authentic this character was because I definitely was like I, I would go in for in my early 20s I would go in for a lot of high school roles and when they wanted gay they wanted like almost like an adult version of flamboyancy as opposed to like this kid just couldn't help it he just seemed like he was naturally glittery which I love um and it made me feel like really seen and I was like damn like that was me as a kid well frankly I could have paid that kid's you know like uncle on that show but like Definitely for 100%, when I saw um, it last night, it reminded me of just like the simple authenticity of this kid just speaking and having the kind of tone to his voice that would suggest he were to be gay and how much this mother unconditionally loved him in the face of a machismo father and a machismo uh, community that might not have saw her son, uh, you know, entirely at that time. I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, you know, that's a great rep. I believe um, and Delicato is gay.
1: I'm not sure. It's, believe- it's never been confirmed or denied in the I th- press. I think so. Th- Got it.
0: I don't want to. I think.
2: Well, if he's not, I will say the authenticity of whatever he was putting on to portray the role felt real to me. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like some director spoke in his ear and was like, gay it up, kid. You know, like it just felt like the kid was being. Um, and I think that's what I really liked about it. And I think for some people it made them uncomfortable. I remember people being, well, he's so like flaming, you know, and I hate that word, but it was like, he's just being himself in my mind, yeah. in my mind. I don't know the, I don't know the actor personally, but now he's a grown up, So, you know, right. Oh my God. What if he's like, how old is he now? Like oh my God. That freaks me out.
0: Late twenties, late I believe. I think I think we're I think we're You know I'm going to look him up right after this and be like <laughs> I'm curious to see what he looks like as a grown up. Like like it like I haven't uh, I looked him up a couple years ago I was like dang, he like he grew up like like I know we were all older than he was when the show was on cuz like it's like wow it was like makes makes us feel how oh, it was, it was so old cuz cuz yeah,
1: well, yeah it came on in the fall of 2006 and I was a senior in high school by that point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh. I was wow.
1: So mm. Yeah. I, w- um, I was age. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to ask you about the single you were actually referencing. Is this going to be a yeah. singles? Or are you going to be uh-huh. an album or?
2: I, so here's what happened. I was, you know, I started this website called Jay's World at the beginning of the pandemic. I oh, actually started launching in the fall. Um, I was going live every single day and people were like, you should get a Patreon or something that, you know, is accessible. It's free to follow. And there's different tiered memberships. And it wasn't that many people I thought would be interested in something like this, but also with no, money coming in I was like I gotta do something so I started the website and one of the things that I would do was once a month perform live and people were like do you have music we can listen to you that's you know not right now like you know buy or stream and I had had such really dark experiences with it um, in my early 20s that just do poor management I didn't know myself well I didn't Um, follow my gut or my instincts. So everything I attached myself to never really stuck. It never really was like me at all. And also I just never really had a a plan. And so in this instance, I knew the following of folks who were coming by to see my lives. I had sung the song a million times, George, you've heard me sing, uh, dancing on my own a million times. And I thought, let me start with something that feels safe for me and see how it goes. So I literally my friend uh, owns a recording studio, and I honestly, I swear, the universe or whatever, you were talking about this earlier, and it just, like, sometimes things just align. Mm-hmm. I saw he was like, we're open, safety protocols, if you want to come, you know, let me know, we can, whatever. So I was, I DM'd him, I was like, I think I'm ready to record something, but I want to do a cover. And he's like, great, just bring your track, and, you know, it's an hourly thing. And I was like, okay, went in there, banged it out. My friend, David Hernandez, who was on American Idol was like, yeah, all you have to do now is take that um, and give it to my uh, producer who I guess mi- they call it mixing and just mm-hmm. making sure all the levels of everything sound pretty to the ear. And then you're done. And he did that in like two hours. And then I had this single and I was like, OK. And then there's a website that and anyone anyone can do this. You just upload it to the website and you pay like 20 bucks and it pays the copyright and puts it on Spotify, Apple all those things for you so you have all your information's on there your banking so it'll pay you it is fascinating but it was intimidating years ago and now i'm not intimidated so now i think there'll be more stuff i mean it literally just went live today so um yeah. so it's pretty cool it's dancing on my own as a cover of a robin song um uh, but in the style of callum scott who uh was on the x factor in uk i think and, and released the single and um Yeah, and so it's you know one of the things that scared me most. I've been trying to lean into the things that scare me, and and that I feel unfinished business with. I guess I could say.
0: Yeah, like like when you lean into stuff that scares you, that's the thing that you should do because that will help you grow and like move you to the next level that the universe or whatever you believe has for you.
2: Because you never. Yeah, I think I I went into things. yeah, like, I think I kind of went into the idea of it wrong back in the day, I went into not doing it, I, it, I was paralyzed, because I thought I'm too old. You know, I, I don't I don't have millions of followers who would even buy this? Why would I waste the time and energy? And I was talking to a therapist after a couple of years, I hadn't been singing, I came here, I was just doing TV, TV. And, and then they had this big gap, and I got depressed. And he was like, when was the last time you sang? And I said, oh, I don't do that anymore. It doesn't make me money. He's like, that's not what I asked you. I asked you when was the last time you sang because I have a feeling that that part of you connects to your joy and you keep silencing it because you're saying your joy is only a value if it makes you money. Yeah. And I think you need to reframe that. So I started going to karaoke nights and just letting you know that part of my life be there and then started touring with cabaret shows. And all of a sudden I realized, yeah, I think me on stage with a mic and music has always been something that anchors me and makes me feel in my body and makes me feel like authentically me. But I, I, I put a price tag on it. If I wasn't making coin, it was like not of value. And now I've learned to receive the value in a different way. And so, yeah, yeah I hope to do more and it was very easy. I and mean, you could literally record something in GarageBand, send it to a mixer, pay a very small amount of money and then they just make it sound pretty and then you upload it and you're yeah. literally done and people have been doing this around me for like years and i was like thinking that they were paying thousands and thousands of dollars that to- they're like no girl this was not i was like oh well i'm behind i'm behind yeah my yeah. best
0: friend back home he um, he, did, he recorded in garage when he created an album he like he uploaded he had the in Houston the Houston Chronicle named him the best album of the year in 2017 yeah, he said I was done, and he just you know, and we and we do whether it's music, painting, acting, singing, or in Betty and or in Betty and
1: Henry cases, each other they eventually gave in at the end. Yeah,
0: like you know, we do it because we 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 love what we do. Like you know, that's what that's what art is about. Like we we would do it if we weren't getting paid, but you know, we're telling yeah. to we get paid.
2: That's right. <laughs> that's right. And listen. I mean, you're literally the first interview, you're the first people I've talked to since this happened. It just, cause it literally, you upload it and they're like, we'll let you know, like they don't give you a date. So mm-hmm. I was just like, okay. And then I got all the emails this morning, like your song's on Spotify, your song's on iTunes. And I was like, what do I do now? Like promoting. <laughs> like, like, you know. But yeah, it's <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm really excited for you to listen to it. But I think, you know, I think if anything, the takeaway is it's never too late. It is yeah. never too late for you. Uh, for anything that you really want to do if you just commit to it. And that's honestly, in the pandemic, I started creating structure for myself, like, you know, a schedule for lack of a better word, because I didn't have, please, the first couple of months, I was like, this is a vacation. I discovered how delicious pizza is at midnight. Like I did things, you know, (laughs) like I gained about, I would say 17, 18 pounds um, which literally just went right to my midsection. I still have, I'm probably like three months pregnant and I'm okay with it. <laughs> but in the beginning of the new year, I wanted to just get um, a little healthier with my eating. Cause I started feeling like even just getting up off the bed out of the morning, I was like, I was like, oh, wait a minute now. I'm too young to be like aching yeah. and whatever. So just not for the objective to look like a model but just to feel strong in my own skin yeah. with no comparisons. To someone else's body.
0: Yeah, I, I went vegan in the middle of last year and like I haven't had meat in so long. It's like I look at shrimp, it's like I so miss seafood so much. But I like, <laughs> I have been like weighing myself off of chicken and beef stuff. But like, like seafood is the thing that I miss. Like, I like the other day I had a craving for sushi, this great sushi place that I, when I first moved here, that I used to eat all
2: the time. And I did like,
0: maybe just one California roll, it won't hurt. Like, no, no,
2: I'm good, I'm Don't good. They, have, they have to have some kind of vegan option. Yeah, it's there's, probably there's, not gonna be there's, as
0: fun, Yeah, but. there's vegan sushi, but you know, I, I just like, you know, that's what I would have bought. I would like, I would have done, like, eh,
2: whatever. Oh my gosh. <sighs> oh my well, I have to jet, cause I have a, another uh, Zoom in like 10 minutes, but yeah. I want to say thank you very much for having me because uh, A, it was really fun to revisit Ugly Betty. But I think more importantly just to be able to talk with other artists who you know are kind of in the same boat right now and just we're all kind of being resourceful and innovative about how we do our art and I love that this was just an idea that you had in your mind and you decided to let it out and share it with someone you trusted and now you have something to be proud of and it's it's yeah. I'm really excited for you guys
0: yeah well, thank you thank and i you. I'm a, yeah and just and it's just like, you know, I we got to meet so many people, I got to meet you. Like, you know, someone I used to see on TV back in the day and like, mm-hmm. like you know, I don't know where this is gonna go now in the future. Well, I'm you not. just
2: have to listen, like anything else and that's honestly the, what I'm, the one thing I've, I've learned from people who are successful in these spaces and virtual spaces, they say, it doesn't matter if one week you have a bad one or the next day you have a good show, like, especially with my live shows and my posts on my website, it's just the consistency yeah. of keeping it going. Don't yeah. stop. Don't get in your own way or, you know, compare yeah. yourself to others. Yeah, like keep it yeah, going because like it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, that's what art Absolutely. about Don't, and life about. Don't get in your own way. That's what I'm learning. But yeah, thank yeah. you for having coming along. Yeah, thank
2: yeah, you. For- anytime. I appreciate oh. it so much. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I hope to see you both in the new world. Yeah. And, yes. and, and, and
0: yeah, in, in real life. And uh, we'll see each other uh-huh. on face yes. And they we'll talk all we'll talk each other to your all. Yes.
1: That's right. <laughs> luckily, and luckily the place I would usually run into use still hasn't closed and that's revolver, so.
2: And I think I think we are set to where I I mean I don't know personally but I do know that the owner is not letting it go. He really wants to hold on and and I think they, you know, they made a deal with the rent and stuff so that's in a good space for them. So hopefully by fall, maybe late fall, they'll figure something out. It's gonna really depend on our numbers and our responsibility as a nation. Yes. So yes. we'll see.
0: And now that Joe Biden's in office, I think everything
2: is <laughs> gonna get better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, I'll see you guys yes. soon. Yes.
1: Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, so yeah. just sign off from here. <laughs> yeah, without further ado, my name is Steven. My name is George. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and... Right.
0: And stop <laughs>